This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. This episode is sponsored by The Jordan Harbinger Show. Jordan dives into the minds of fascinating people, from athletes, authors, and scientists to mobsters, spies, and hostage negotiators, all with the noble cause to make you a more informed, critical thinker to operate better in today's world. Jordan's also got a fun weekly segment, Feedback Friday, where he covers advice on everything from escaping a cult or psycho family situations to relationships and networking to even just asking for a raise. Point blank, Jordan Harbinger is smart, funny, and easy to listen to. You'll be pressed to find an episode without excellent conversation, a few laughs, and actionable advice that can directly improve your life. You can't go wrong with adding the Jordan Harbinger show to your rotation. It's incredibly interesting. There's never a dull show. Search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never role-played before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukake, your host. Mosephius, Trax, and Dex returned from their hunt for Juniper's body. Butthole healed them and congratulated them for their work. Juniper was relieved to get her armor back, and Quinny was livid butthole and told Ginny about the suicide mission. Will Quinny manage to leave his daughter behind, or will she join them on their quest? Find out next... On Dom Doms and Dragons. Quinny, justifiably and understandably, you need you need to cool off. Uh, you've got a you've got this this uh, chat coming up with with Ginny that you're really not looking forward to, and unfortunately, due to the nature of the mission and everything surrounding it, you've kind of been forced to like have to address some 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 dadding at like a an expert level like you've just been forced into needing to to kind of have a lot of very serious conversations that you weren't planning on maybe ever mm-hmm. having uh all at once um but luckily for you um amidst all the people who have come into the fortress of forlorn hope over time um there've been some proper villains uh just some some proper underworld scumbags who have slowly made their way in and though it was you know it's been nice talking to mickey and kind of reestablishing that side of things uh all, you know always nice to, to talk shop uh you and mickey have both made fast friends um with uh trick the uh the fence who has opened up shop in the fortress of forlorn hope uh now you know granted you guys are on the side of good. You're doing nice things. Doesn't mean in a world overrun by zombies, there isn't a hell of a lot of loot that you need to kind of move through and a lot of places that are still fairly desperate uh, for uh, supplies and, and rare oddities. Uh, so Trick is kind of a, um, uh, a an accepted evil-ish. Um, he's certainly mm. like pleasant enough, but I think... You've just kind of accepted, like, if we're running a small city, then all elements of that city will be present um, here. And Trick doesn't cause any uh, any trouble. Um, he's a fairly imposing figure. He's a 
He's kind of like a, a like a, a, a big tough looking guy. Um, he's got a missing uh, ring finger that he doesn't talk about, um, but that uh, you know he's got like tattoos up and down his arms um, that always just kind of peek out of his long sleeves. He tries to keep them hidden, uh, but it's just, like just the right amount of shady for you, Quinny. Where it's just there's just enough clear criminal shit. He's he's always hiding the finger, you know. Like there's just enough to suggest like. Wait, oh, he, some he shit kept the went. finger. Yes, he's, he's hiding his phantom finger. Um, no, but just you know, when he rests his hands, he'll always like uh, immediately cover the missing ring fingers. That's a point of shame. Okay. Um, Not doing and, a Handmaid's Tale then. No, no, right. uh, or an Assassin's Creed, where you know that's the only way you can yeah. get your blade out. Apparently, it's a real cool <laughs> secret thing that no Templar will ever notice. Why don't well. they ever notice? Um, but. Um, yeah, you've you've come to just kind of um, again. I think generally kind of like when you need a minute to just kind of go talk to him because it's a little bit like you know if you were a pro athlete for a long time and then you just don't, like a, this happens to a lot of Olympians where it's like they they have you know lived past their window of being an Olympic athlete and then they get to like go talk to other people who still play the sport. It's like oh this is nice, just nice occasionally to just talk to someone who who deals in shady things. Um, so you approach uh, Trick at his at his fence, which like is the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, like the Olympics. Um, a uh, can you tell I used to deal with a lot of Olympic athletes That's, at my job? What's um, the level we're operating at here in terms of thievery and skullduggery? You've yeah. got the top, an Olympic the top level. award, um, yeah. and the awards were corrupt. So really, it's just a perfect parallel for the Olympics. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that Oasis uh, Hotel made in a literal pocket dimension situation. You could have just done it in an existing stadium and we would have had just as good. You still would have died. It would have been great. But no, we had to go the expensive route. Uh, in any case, um, Trick is set up in a um, uh, like a very, very uh, clearly shady knickknack shop. Like I'm talking one of those convenience stores that I know that like there's a lot of near me where it's like just kind of vaguely empty racks except for like a boxed copy of Windows 95 and like yeah. a router and then a wrench and then also like I don't know, an, a, a dented package action figure from a forgotten movie, and that's all that has ever been and on those shelves. And then cash counting machines in the back. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so strange. There's just always this noise. Um, it's it's wild. It's so weird. It. Um, so it's, that, it's very much that kind of vibe, where it's it's like, and no one is really buying it, but it's just a necessary, like, okay, fine. Um, so you've gone uh, you've gone to see Trick uh, because you you just need. You need to center yourself a bit, and it's it's helpful, kind of stepping out of your your new role and your new self to just kind of uh, get down, you know, just down down with with your old self for a bit. Um, as you approach, uh, Trick is is petting Goblin Junior. Uh, they become fast friends, uh, and it, it might be in part because Trick is always sneaking like little treats to Goblin Junior. Um, which is like fairly common throughout the, the 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 Fortress of Forlorn Hope. He is, of course, the mascot of the entire place. Um, but uh, because Trick has these sort of underworld connections, occasionally he comes into possession of things that are like a little tastier than than the average uh, uh, treat. Um, certainly not enough to like make a meal of, because you get the sense that if it could be stretched out, it would be. It's instead like here's a little scrap here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so as as Goblin Junior kind of t- uh, you know he was like a star snarf and then takes off. Uh, Trick just uh, kind of looks up um, and uh, nods and just says, Ah, yes, Quinny Brown Barrel. You only ever come to see Trick when something is troubling you. You so rarely bring me things to move 
uh, on the market. Uh, what uh, what is this heaviness around your brow, there, friend halfling? Please come, sit, sit. Tell trick about it. I promise I will not sell it to highest bidder. Wink. Just kidding. I'll probably sell it to highest bidder. I'm just messing with you, but maybe not. Please. And he gestures to like a small stool that was clearly stolen from somewhere at some point. Uh, yeah. Hey, thanks, man. Uh, I'll I'll take a seat down there. Yeah, you got uh, you got kids trick. Uh, n- no, no. In my particular line, it was considered uh, somewhat too dangerous. If I'm being honest, it weighs heavily on my heart that I never had the joy of, uh, you know, raising a little trick here or there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, in 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 many ways, uh, uh, trick has found uh, children uh, for himself. Uh, they usually have four legs and the waggy tail and they, they, they bark a lot, you know. Those, those I consider are uh, canine friends, my, my children. And, oh, they misbehave, but uh, it is worth it. Yes, it is worth it. I don't know. I mean, no, it is. It is. It is. I, I can't. They are very good dogs. Yeah. I can't say that it's not. Um, but, I mean, you've got a point there talking about this kind of life is... It's pretty dangerous, kind of too dangerous to be putting down roots, having a family, that kind of thing. And I'm just, I'm torn about how to reconcile that. You know, I still got work to do out here, you know. Uh, And I only, I have a very particular kind of set of skills, you know. I can't just make a career change. But I got this kid now. Who, God, I, it took me like two seconds of getting to know her. And I'm like, oh my God, this kid rules. I love her. But how do you trick? How do you balance doing the dangerous stuff that you do? You know, you, you're a fence, but you got to put your neck out a bit there, right? I mean, sometimes the owner of uh, whatever goods you're moving maybe kind of wants their stuff back, right? I understand uh, you, what you are saying. I should point out I am merely humble merchant selling important merchandise and gestures to the bullshit. I know. And Quinny like looks around like, it's just us here, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I just like to say it to you. I think it's funnier because you know. Well, how do you reconcile that kind of dangerous lifestyle with, say, raising your four-legged barking kids? This is a big question, Quinny. This is very, very big question. Uh, you know, the nature of our work, you are correct. It can get uh, somewhat hairy uh, from time to time. Is uh, is not a safe job. Uh, but, friend, I often wonder if perhaps it is the less about your skills or my skills or about uh, the safety uh, of, of of balancing your two-legged, admittedly inferior kid against my four-legged, <laughs> hearty, barking kids, uh, and more perhaps about uh, situations we put ourselves in, yes? You have chosen uh, certain uh, actions and circumstances. Yes, you have skills. I understand, but you choose where you put those skills. And you choose to put those skills in very dangerous situations, very, very dangerous places with dangerous people. 
Now me, yes, you you are correct. Amidst my trinkets, I uh, move some things that are a little uh, less savory, and sometimes people uh, want their stuff back, as you say. But if they come to trick, I just give it, give it back. I take the loss. Why? Why? Why would I lose more? It it it, it makes no sense to me. I just give it back now. If they come after, uh, you know, uh, my associates, that is a bit more of a problem. But then I tell them, run or leave it. Do not die for stuff. Is stuff. Always more stuff. There will always be more stuff. And I will sell it at the profit. But it is not worth losing one's most precious gift. Now, I, admittedly, things are a bit different now that... Uh, a friend uh, King Butthole can poop people back to life and such, but uh, yeah. you know, still, one cannot always trust a foul wind will revive them. Uh, so, uh, it's, it's, it's easy for me to say I, I get to stay in shop where you do dangerous things, but uh, I think in general, uh, maybe you consider what you're doing and why, because... Life does not need to be violence, even if violence is your skill. Huh? I don't know, Trick. I mean, we're this is war. We're basically at war. Uh, and I used to have a pretty small circle, and my circle has gotten larger, and more and more people have filled it. And now I think I'm in too deep. I can't just walk away from this. Could you not take them with you? Must must we be in, in a war? Could we not just live here and keep things safe? No. Honestly, no. This is not... I don't think this is sustainable, you know? The, the, the whatever it is magic that protects this fortress only covers so much space and as we gather more survivors here and things like that we're eventually going to need to expand outside of that and then people are exposed to the hordes of undead out there not to mention again literal full-on nations at war consider us enemies and if we don't move if we don't strike first if we don't make things happen then we're just sitting here waiting to get <laughs> annihilated. Hmm. Well, friend, I think then this is the difference between uh, you and Trick. Huh? Me, I have what I need here. And perhaps I am just waiting uh, for annihilation. Perhaps that is my fate for not uh, engaging in, in the, the life you have chosen. But it seems to me you 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 come with the question of how to balance these things, and uh, if this is the only way for you, this is the only way you see. Well, that does not sound like a choice to trick. That sounds as though you, friend Queenie, you have made your choice. You are just beating self up about it, and me. And he holds up his finger. He's like I have made choices that I beat myself up about. I understand. And he like grabs you firmly by the arm, uh, by the shoulders, which is always like, you can tell he's just doing it because he's emphatic, but it kind mm -hmm. of feels like a vice grip. 
for you. It's not a fully pleasant experience. It just kind of like hoists you up to eye level. And he just says, so if you are committed, if you have made choice, then choice is made. You need not beat yourself up about it. You must deal with consequences. Hmm? And if only way to stop annihilation is to make this violence, then do what you must and be certain and trust that your admittedly inferior two-legged offspring will understand. Hmm? Yeah, all right. Thanks, um, man. You can you can put me down. <laughs> and he he does, and he just kind of like dusts your shoulders off, um, and uh, he um, rummages around, and you can tell that he's like legitimately bad at human kids, um, because he mm-hmm. comes out with this horrific, um, like straw doll that's just like the thing of nightmares, um, that is just like very, like almost like a Babadook level of of nightmare fuel, and he's like. I saved this for most recent uh, load that came through. I figure maybe you give to daughter as as gift. Yes, she like. And he holds it up and like it 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 smells somehow both of farms and metal. And you're not sure how that's possible. <laughs> um, but he's clearly like he's put a little bow around it, and he, he's clearly taken the time. He really thinks this is a, a valuable gift. I'm just uh, imagining him being like, my friend Flick said is gay icon. I don't know how, but very close. Get Baba Shook, yes? I'll uh, uh, I'll receive it from him. Uh, but I'll also just quickly cast an eye over his wares because I feel like Ginny is too old for dolls or are correct. was forced to grow up too fast for dolls. Uh, and so is there anything dangerous looking <laughs> in his uh repertoire <laughs> um sure let's say there's like a um uh one of those uh blade style um like it's a grip with kind of two it's not quite a shuriken it's not quite a knife it's somewhere in the middle um but basically like a, a throwable double um double almost picked um weapon um, okay yeah, I'll uh, I'll say thank you so much. And you know, I didn't come down here just to talk. I'd love to do a little transaction with you if you've got the time. That piece right there uh, has caught my eye. Um, and he kind of curls his lip, but nods and says, uh, "He, yes. Uh, I also assumed we were not purely talking. That would be waste of my mercantile time. So, and I don't want to waste your mercantile time. I know you won't. I know you're a very good customer, number one customer. Um, and um, so yeah, he he sells you the the item. Um, you, he he actually wraps it very gingerly, and this is something, Quinny, that you've noticed a bit about like weapons around him. Is he's like very very tentative with weapons. Um, so he wraps it and kind of slides it to you and uh, says. It's good then. One gift for you and one gift for for inferior two-leg child. Thank you. Thank you very much, Trick. I'll uh, I'll see you around. Yes. Uh, do not die. I enjoy our conversations too much. I'll see what I can do about that. Uh, and with that, you wander off to go confront Ginny with <laughs> an actual gift and something you, I don't know, may trash along the way. <laughs> Da 
The hosts of Dum Dums and Dragons are 420 friendly all year round, which is why we are excited to have IndiCloud back as a sponsor. As IndiCloud gets ready for summer, they're rolling out a new product, Dank Sickles. <laughs> It's got a great name, and I've never seen anything like this before. A summertime popsicle with 20 milligrams of cannabis. These bad boys come in wild cherry and blue race flavors, and you can mix and match with a pack of five or go with your flavor of choice. Danksicles are strong enough to share, but mellow enough to take to your next beach day or vacation. And unlike your sketchy neighborhood shop or dealer, IndiCloud gives you savings on every single order. It could be through their gold rewards program, their subscribe and save deals, or our special promo code just for Dum Dums and Dragons listeners. So please, right now, get 30% off your purchase. Head to indicloud.co slash dumdums to get 30% off your first order. And tell them that Dum Dums and Dragons sent you. That's I-N-D-A-C-L-O-U-D dot C-O, not com, C-O, slash dumdums, D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-S, to get 30% off your first order. And let us know how the dank sickles are. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective minds. But now we are selling some sick mugs. And it is so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. It'll help you turn browsers into buyers because it has the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, which means curious people are more likely to buy from you. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. One of the big problems Shopify solved for us was international shipping. Our shipping prices, if people were outside of the U.S., were through the roof. But the moment we switched over to Shopify, we were able to choose where our orders were being fulfilled from in different places, which meant shipping could be cheap for all of our fans everywhere around the globe. So if you were even thinking about opening a store, sign up now for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-S. If you open a store with Shopify, you're going to be hearing that sound a lot. Hello, friends. It is I, Reginald, local hero who's never run away or been afraid even once. I'm here to tell you how you can contribute to the Horde or our fortress or whatever. They told me I had to do this, and if I don't... I could die. So let me tell you exactly what you can get. You can get an opportunity to contribute in a way that doesn't require you to risk your life, but keeps me risking mine. I did not approve this script before I read it. Uh, apparently, if you chip in $15 a month, you get the ability to contribute new names to NPCs and characters and locations that can appear in this show. And then some of them might be my friend. Well, that's very good. I need more friends. And some of them might try to kill me, which is just fine. Up to you. Uh, just go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Join today. You can contribute. Plus, there's ad-free feeds, apparently, in some kind of community. Please, just don't send scary things. Meanwhile, uh, Butthole, uh, having succeeded so well, so so very well with with Quinny and uh, <laughs> and um, Martha, uh, you realize that um, you still got some unfinished business too uh, before the the feast of Saint Mudbutt. 
Um, and that is to deal with Crendon, uh, the uh, the the um, one of the the two brothers, uh, the brothers werewolf, who uh, were members of the Fries. Crendon, um, if you'll all remember, um, was uh, one of the the first Fries to attack uh, you as you made your way towards Cornucopia. Um, however, he was uh, afraid of and kind of hated his brother, who had given him a rough ride uh, in life, and as a result, he was willing to join your cause. Um, he heroically attempted to sacrifice himself by leading the, the zombie horde away uh, with a bunch of cows. Uh, but uh, Butthole, you you said that he would perhaps have greater value in in living and serving. And, and he assisted in the fights uh, and thus has come back to Forlorn Hope with you. He's having a hard time adjusting, though, because he is, you know, he's used to having like a, a, a scary, uh, vaguely abusive uh, older brother and also being part of like a military unit um paramilitary unit and now he's like kind of wandering the halls not quite sure what to do i think he probably gets a lot of glares from like reginald and doc huckleberry and like the security contingent um he feels a little uncomfortable just kind of in this space um and uh yeah i think it's one of those weird things where it made sense when it was just like the small dum-dums adventuring party but now that he's in a giant fortress with a ton of other people he feels incredibly lost um, so you, he's been known to just kind of wander the halls, um, looking perhaps for purpose. I'm the DM. I can tell you he's looking for purpose. Um, <laughs> I, honestly, if there is a character who could spot someone looking for purpose, it's definitely butthole. That is. Yeah, that's, that's in the, the home room that, we, like we're, that. we're going to make available, right? Like, you know, uh, of the skills, we've added one called <laughs> like. Percept, uh, passive perception purpose. purpose. Yeah, detect purpose. Detect purpose. He has advantage <laughs> on all insight rolls before determining if someone needs purpose. Man, that's great. Uh, yeah, he definitely he definitely go track him down because it's something he's got to resolve before this has been going on. He's mm-hmm. been really stuck doing a lot of like healing duties and bringing people back and and doing stuff that he ultimately finds a lot more satisfying than a lot of like going out and swinging a hammer that he's been stuck with in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got that conflict raging about what is his identity um but man going to help some guy who's not sure what's going on that's that's his fucking jam and like quinny went okay but like the Ann in conversation went well so he feels like he's mm-hmm. on a bit of a roll here quinny went as well as it ever goes <laughs> yep. but so, so where is credit because he'd go to him um well look we made a big deal about how great you are at finding people who are are seeking a purpose so why don't you roll me uh, an investigation or a perception See if you can find him. I'm also curious how that skill would apply to something like a spork that inherently has no purpose. Mm. Like, would this skill let you determine a purpose or are you just identifying? I feel like he could tell whether or not the blacksmith who made it felt purposeful. Mm. Mm. Because it's really just an expression of the artist's purpose. Truly, truly. (laughs) Artisanal sporks are really where it's at. (laughs) Okay. has two purposes. For perception, 23. I rolled real high. Uh, yeah, you, you apparently did. Um, so uh, you find Crendon, um, after sort of some searching, uh, you actually find Crendon on the roof. Um, and uh, you can see that he is just kind of quietly plucking away at a problem um, that has been slowly being fixed over time, which is after all of the shenanigans you guys had uh, in your, your robo-troll fight up on the roof, um, you know, the, the Necromancer's Potion Lab roof was damaged in a bunch of places and while it was quickly patched um much like most home renovations uh no one has finished the fucking job it's patched it doesn't leak anymore but there still isn't tiling 
Um, there aren't shingles. And it's the kind of thing that like is on everyone's list as a maybe to do, um, you know, like some of the green painters tape that's still in my uh, childhood home from when we renovated it in 2003. Nice. Uh, where it's like, we'll get there one day. It's not today, though. Um, so oddly, um, Butthole, as you, you kind of uh, check probably literally the last place you'd think to look, but that your your perception and your your faith in yourself and Moonhammer leads you to, um, you find that he's just, uh, he's actually been doing this a lot, it would seem, because there's a whole hell of a lot more roof tiles um, in place. And he's not doing it quickly. It doesn't seem like he's particularly good at it, but he's just up here just plugging away, just one by one jamming more tiles in. The butthole climb up onto the roof and just be like, hey, Crandon, good work up here. Everybody kind of keeps forgetting about this fucking thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if I'm being honest, that's kind of how I feel about myself right now. So I figured I like hold up two shingles. He's like kindred spirits, right? Yeah, you're like a roof. You keep people safe and dry and, and make sure things are good. That's a very generous way of putting uh, you're forgotten and don't have a full purpose right now. But I appreciate it, sir. I appreciate you. And I'm so grateful. I I, I got to be clear. And he like, you know, sticks sticks the tiles in so that spackle doesn't go to waste. Um, and he says, I, you know, I, I don't mean to seem, um, you know, uh, un- ungrateful or nothing. Uh, it's just weird being here. And, uh, uh, you know, when when you, you, you're part of a murderous paramilitary, oh, I mean, you know, uh, murderous paramilitary group, you know, you just kind of, there's a certain lifestyle you get accustomed to. We haven't, like, burned any buildings down lately, which i, I got to tell you is actually really nice, but it's weird. Um, and uh, I don't, there's a lot of really nice people here, and I'm not a really nice person. And I appreciate that you've been really good about, like, hey, you helped and everything, but, like, yeah, man, I don't think, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I belong here. I should probably be out there with the other monsters, you know? And just, like, gestures broadly to the the mountainous peaks and the, like, he's literally just that, like, picture of the guy, like, standing, staring out at the mists uh, that gets ripped off for everything, including this. And Butthole has this weird moment of realizing how young Crendon is. For that thought to just be like, there are nice people here. I have to go out and live with like cave monsters and just like how long and how far butthole has come from the start of his journey where like Mm -hmm. everyone is good or everyone is bad. There are black and white. (laughs) Every elf is a boy or a girl or like all his like weird (laughs) bullshit that he started with to reach here. So he'll just start roofing because I feel like he would join in in that activity instantly because just the work is also good. And just I mean, like, you yeah, do so get to swing to... a hammer, so there's that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, I just wanted to kind of talk to you about that because, I mean, you've had some time to be here and obviously it seems like you're looking for a purpose and you got some skills and the roof, I mean, looks great, but I don't think you, uh, you don't sound fully satisfied by roofing, so. Well, there's only so many holes to patch. Like, I'm going to run out soon. Yeah, so, I mean, like, when you were with the like the like military unit did you did you have a specialty like were you were you like are you good with horses did you do a lot of like yeah yeah i was good at travel and survival yeah we were, we were pretty good at killing horses do you need some horses killed no i don't need them killed i was wondering if you were good like dealing with horses like like training them or riding them or anything like oh, that okay no i mean we dealt with them but no we didn't we didn't train or ride there was more more you know 
teeth in the night kind of like, oh, no, where's, where's your cavalry? No one's coming over the ridge. Uh, you know, like that famous stage play where the Riders of Rohan show up. Our job is to make sure that the Riders of Rohan have to walk. And I, tell, I gotta tell you, the walkers of Rohan, not as big a threat. <laughs> okay, okay. This is, that's a, that's a weird skill set, but a useful one. So, kind of like Knives in the Dark, very sneaky. Yeah. Travel around, do, do the murders that yeah, are needed to Yeah, we'd like wolf out, them. we'd sneak into things and, you know, like, ah, and, you know, it caused some terror, um, I guess. So that, I guess I'm good at that. Do you need a terrorist? I'm a pretty good terrorist. Okay, weirdly, sort of, because, oh. like, I don't need so much, because, like, previously, you were just, sca- like, scaring the good people, and that is what we don't need, but all of the ability to, like, eliminate the enemy's cavalry and, like, attack their supply lines and leave them afraid and off balance and lacking support, that shit I very much need. That's all very good. So I think we just might need to steer you towards the right targets uh, and away from the innocent people. Okay, so you're saying that my ability to murder and maim is good. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, that's nice, I guess. See, because it, it, there, there a lot of the ways that like bad people use people is they teach them how to be like incredibly violent. And yeah, then they like teach them did. to, like, not have an opinion and not yeah. actually think. Because they kind of want to make you into a weapon where they get to decide what you do. And then mm-hmm. you just feel uh, an endless amount of shame and you suffer abuse. And then you escape and you're, you're like, stuck with trauma. Or you keep doing it and you're so traumatized that you can't escape. And then sometimes the cycle of violence continues. But we're trying to break that. Uh, and you've got these skills. If you want those to be the skills you want to use. The question is, like the big question for me, buddy, when it comes to what you're going to do is, do you still want to do fighting and stuff like that? Do you feel like that's something you want to turn towards a good purpose? Or do you want to get the fuck out of that game and do something totally different? Well, I mean, look, I, I got to tell you, I've been thinking about this a lot while I've been roofing. Um, there, this this is a very large roof. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. I got thrown up here by a dragon. Oh wow, I, <laughs> I I got thrown up here by a ladder I climbed. Um, but yeah, I suggest yours. Oh, well, that's nice. I was worried I was missing out on a dragon toss. Uh, okay, um, yeah, I it, see. The thing about it being uh, well, like me, you know, like once you've got the 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 lycanthrope uh, curse upon you, and I got to tell you, like. <laughs> My brother and I got it real bad um, because, you know, I, I, early on, he and I went and tried to talk to some people about it, see if maybe they could undo it. My brother was really into it. I think he actually just wanted to get jacked up more so he could kind of do it worse. Um, me, I was just kind of tired of having to buy new clothes all the time. So, <laughs> mm. but um, yeah, they said the um, this particular uh, strain of of the curse is it's real specific and it's real powerful. Uh, I think, honestly, if I'm being if I'm being real honest, I think and he like lo- almost like looks over his shoulder. He's like, I think Chickalis might have maybe had a hand in in jacking it up a bit. Like you you, you were talking about weapons and like turning people into weapons, and, like that was very much the Chaos Mage's jam. So, like, he gave us something pretty potent, or he took what we already had and he made it worse. I don't know which one it is, but, uh, mm. yeah, there was no, there's no, like, you know, 
eat these gross herbs and then you're, you'll poop for two days and then uh, surprise you're 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 back to normal it was like yeah you do that, a bunch you poop of magic, for two days and then but it you're sounds still like werewolf. this is the kind of thing you, you're stuck with yeah yeah, which means that like my options are a bit limited. Uh, I know like your 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 wolf like he does a lot of shit with paws that I did not think was possible. Uh, <laughs> he's just really well trained. Seasons and seasons of training, I would say, have have gone into mm-hmm. what he can do. So that's awesome. But I don't know that I've got seasons and seasons worth of training. You know, I think I that- kind of need to be useful now. So you know, I. I guess I, I'm I'm cool doing the fighting thing if that's if that's what would be helpful. But really, I I don't want to do it because I'm I'm good at it or, you know, because uh it, well I mean I, I guess yeah it's just I don't want to do it because I'm good at it. I'd rather do it because it's helping people and like if you know if you need a pet monster to do like monster shit for you like that's cool I can do that if it's helping these guys it's probably I mean again I'm gonna be out of roof soon. Um, I was thinking of maybe knocking some tiles off so I could have something to do tomorrow. Come but if on. if you want me to go fuck some stuff up and maybe kill a horse or two, like I can just do that, or like I can leave the horses alone. Yeah, if I mean, the honestly, I innocent, don't. I don't really need a pet monster because like Trick showed up and he's kind of scary, and then there's also like Reginald. Like I, I got enough. I like I, I've been I've been doing that. But so here's the thing: we don't have that I think could combine your like abilities, but also help everyone and also do good. Because right now. We've kind of got security for the walls. We've got, like, the beginnings of the army here. But the thing that we don't have... I mean, I've got, like, people I can send out individually, but I don't have, like, an actual group of what would traditionally be called, like, scouts and Mm. skirmishing infantry. I don't have anybody that I could send into the woods or send around to, like, figure out where the enemy is, to track stuff in the hills around here. You know, we keep having people show up at the gate. I'd love to know if they were coming like a little bit earlier. And if they're like sick or hurt, find them at the bottom, help them get up. And if they're like bad guys and zombies, like start engaging and slowing them the hell down so we can plan. And that's like a great way to help refugees who are coming here to pass on skills that'll help anybody in here, especially if this place falls. Because if they don't know survival and how to go into the woods and how to figure that shit out, we're going to have a bad time. And when we have to leave here to try to actually do any of the engagement, that kind of advanced information is the thing that is going to save so many lives. Because knowing where the enemy's horses are is almost more important than the ability to kill some of them. And if you I mean, could take your skills and pick out the people you think would be great at doing that, I'd love that. That's doable. And then they get the powers, and then we become a wolf squad. And we go out into the woods and do wolf stuff. Is that, am I following correctly? Or I don't I, know if you need to bite them all. That feels like something that's like, okay. Okay, I don't know. So biting. Okay. Weirdly, I don't know the rules. Of I would say don't bite anybody, <laughs> but if they ask to get bitten and, and, and like, we make sure they're in a good place mentally. So it's a decision that they're making, then you can, but that's like a consenting transfer of powers. It's not like a mandatory thing to join the Sure, sure, sure. Do you have the cages we'll need, though? Because, I mean, once this thing takes hold, like, for a while, you're just a complete frenzy monster. So, like, if you've got some big cages, maybe some magazines while they're in there or something, uh, then we do that. But, uh, you know, know, the the more you're talking about it, the more it sounds like maybe spreading my curse isn't the way to go yet. I mean, who knows? Maybe one day you're like, Wolf Scouts! And Goblin Jr. could be our, like, boss or something. But... Yeah, okay. I, I could start putting that together, I think. You know what? I, you have my honor. My scout's honor. Perfect. So we're going to give you the title of scout captain. 
and I'm going to trust you to pick out the people that you think would be great scouts. Uh, also, we have... Technically, they're working as farmers, but they may have some availability. There's a, a, a robot and then a psychopath. And they both seem to have good, like, stalking and small squad skirmish skills. So you might be able to use them as, like, training officers for, for uh, some other day. But, like, figure out who you think would be good, teach them up, and send them out there to, like, help keep this place safe and do that. They don't need, like, they see bad stuff coming. If you've got, like, people you think are ready, you can try to slow them down. But this is really just to, like, help people get here, spot bad stuff, keep us informed, and then we'll just kind of advance the training as we go. And you'll be the scout captain. And he, like, kind of, like, straightens himself up, um, and he takes a deep breath and just says, Yar, it shall be done! That's how captains talk, right? I've only ever met them at sea. I think you could just talk like how, how you do. I, I believe oh. in you. There are land captains. They, they outrank uh, a lieutenant, uh, but they are lower down than a major. Okay. All right. We don't have a colonel yet. If I, if I sort that out, then they might be there. But right now, you're, just a, you're in charge of the scouts. It's just a catchy name. Unless you want to make up a title yourself. Oh, no. I like that title a lot. I just thought it came with a voice, and I was really worried about having to do it in a sustained oh, way. Um, no, no, no. You're you, buddy. I, okay. I'm, I'm hiring you. Well, uh, thank you, sir. Um, I appreciate you, you giving me this honor. I'll, I'll, I'll see to it. I'll start talking to the, the, the sneakiest people I can find or not find, which would be even better for sneaking. Um, Correct. But first, I think I'm, I'm going to finish this roof. Uh, I think I'd feel real bad if I got, you know, like stabbed or eviscerated or beheaded or, or something out there and this was undone. I know that seems like a small thing. This would really, really bum me out. Yeah, you know? no, no, no. Get get this done. Also, don't get stabbed or eviscerated or beheaded. Oh, I don't plan to. I, I, I don't plan to. You, to, to you know, scout. just sometimes you think ahead and I'm like, oh man, what would I be really bummed about? And it's like, well, I mean, I don't have a lot, but this would just it feel like an unsneezed sneeze, you know, like just uncomfortable for me. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I'm just gonna finish it, and that way I'm like at peace with anything, and then like do this, you know. get out there, and all I'm telling you is. A lot of people here are kind of weird about new people. We all know that. But the moment your team starts bringing in food from hunting or starts bringing in refugees who are injured or starts contributing in those ways, people are going to come around. Just just stay nice. Do your job. Contribute. People respect that shit. And he nods and says, I'm going to save so many motherfucking horses. And then he just goes back to, to sticking, sticking roof tiles uh, together. And Butthole just turns around and starts going back down. And he's like, I'm fucking killing it today. <laughs> but Juniper, you have not been feeling like you're killing it. Um, no. You know, your Martha persona is normally top notch at all of this. Uh, and you you you've been doling out the advice you you normally would, but it hasn't quite been landing the way uh, that that you normally like it to. I'm well, curious. Here's the problem: is mm. that there's a lot of like parent child stuff going on. The only child that Juniper really knows is oh, Echo, <laughs> and like, I mean, Echo can take care of herself, so she's never really had to worry about her. Mm -hmm. She also is, is Echo. It's anyways. yeah. It's a bit of a we need to talk about Echo situation. Yeah. Um, you just see Echo like skip by, like holding the doll, like that she's obviously like threatened, <laughs> trick to get. Yeah. The, the parenting advice is like try to become the child as little as possible. Yeah. 
parody yeah. advice. Do not look Echo in the ch- in the eyes. Yeah, I'm going to give you some advice. Now, you, you're going to think you want to lock her up in an institute for a while and perform cruel experiments and then hide her at the bottom of a well. I am here to tell you you should not do this, and here's why. In this thread, I will explain one of 30. Yeah. When you um, hear singing, you think you should run, but that won't help you. You'll just but die also, tired. staying still won't just help you, tired. and neither will fighting. Yeah. Your main mistake was Echo. Um, <laughs> is there anyone that you would go to, Juniper? Um, is there like do you do you think you have a confidant um, amongst the like? W- would it be like Bucky? Like I'm just trying to w- figure out who Juniper's like safe port of call would be because I feel like both sort of like mainline Juniper and Sheriff Moss. Like Sheriff Moss would be used to having like a full town and honestly yeah. the sheriff to talk to. Yeah. Um, but you can't talk to Quinny about this, obviously. And also this Quinny is different from your Quinny. Um, yeah. And everything else. And Juniper, you were just on the road for so long that I feel like aside from your, your brief squire, you haven't really had many traveling companions. Um, so I'm curious who, who you, you think you would, you would go to, to like hash shit out. Um, Oddly enough, mm. or would you? I mean, if the answer is just that you'd like meditate on it, that's totally fine too. Um, I think no. Do you know what Juniper is going to take a step back from the therapy role and just be like, mm-hmm. you know what, I need. I just need to like learn a little bit more, experience a little bit more. It, that it it's gonna be fine um but I she with the impending mission coming up uh she needs to know more about what it's like in a car mm. and because she's been thinking a lot about you know how are we going to like enact new laws and make right. sure that justice is upheld from the moment that we, step foot in a car because it's kind of it doesn't it's never really worked from from what she's what she knows of history it's like you take something by force and like disregard you know all of your own moral principles and then suddenly this like place that's this new structure that's set up is never like ideal you know mm-hmm. so um she would want to talk to reginald uh, to get the lay of the land of what the current judicial structure is in a car and what the people expect. Cool. Let me check with Reginald if he's cool to talk about that. Reginald, are you cool to talk about that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's in his tent, man. He's just in his tent fortress That's... having a series of panic attacks about this mission. <laughs> it's a, is it a tent tent? Well, yeah, because he's got his glamping tent. So, like, he sent that up along with his other window, his other, like, various cloth windows and improvised tents. So it's like a weird little maze. You can't quite figure out where he is, is the whole goal. It's always okay. confusing. And it's there. worth noting that this is in the portal room in the basement of, yeah. um, the, of the fortress. <laughs> of the fortress. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Both inside that whole portal room and the outside all around it. So, it's, it's also really confusing for people the coming in. Was. Good the Lord. Mod um, Crankshaft and his 11 were trying to get into. Uh, uh, so Sheriff Juniper will kind of knock on like a canvas thing and then it doesn't really. Always the worst. 
<laughs> that's exactly what it is. And then that doesn't really do anything. So she tries to knock on a stone wall, but that kind of hurts. And just like, Reginald, Re- Reginald, are you are you in there? I'd I'd like to have a some words with you. I'm actually behind you. Uh, you oh. turn around and he's there with the sword because he can hear anybody touch fucking canvas in his paranoia tent. It's you know it's how are you doing? It's been a while since we you know spent some time together. Well, we're going to go on a suicide mission. There's no fucking goo, and I'm doing it because I'm terrified. So, I don't know. It's a Wednesday. Well, there could be backup goo. Um, I, 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 if you have a moment, I'd like to talk to you about a car. Okay. Go for it. Uh, what do you want to know? Well, I, I understand that it's a place of war. Yep. And we want to transform it into something more. Something uh, based on peace and ethics and, you know, the type of morality that we all share. Oh, see, and that I thought you were going to go for, for everyone. I thought you were going to go for like a war plus, where you're like, war and this other little addition. But instead, you're kind of looking to, shall we say, cut it off at the knees and regrow a new tree. Not great with metaphors. Um... <laughs> Yes, that's confusing. I'm not sure whether to agree or not. Um, Perfect. I'm not at fault if this goes bad, but I'm taking the credit if I'm right. That's fine. Uh, I just, I guess I just want to understand. I, I, I mean, what's it like? What's what? Well, know, there's sort of like people my... going about their lives and, you know, someone you know, gets caught stealing a loaf of bread, what happens to them? Oh, yeah, we kill them. That's it's really easy. They die. Or if they stole a good loaf of bread and managed to, like, kill the person, they kind of own the store. Admittedly, again, the laws where <laughs> I'm from are sli- dropped. <laughs> yeah, they're slightly different than here. I learned how you guys run prostitution, and it is crazy. In my world, if you go uh, you, you, and, you, and you sleep with a prostitute, you, you have to make it so pleasurable for them that they have a good time because at the end they get to choose to murder you or not. I mean, it sounded actually quite nice up until that last part. Um, so what you're saying is, hmm, maybe we need to find a way to combine the best of both worlds. Oh, I don't think you want to take what I've got. That's a terrible idea. So I, I think I'm going to jump from your question, which is like, what's it like day to day? Maybe we could talk more about like what, what changes do you want to be put in place? Because I've seen a couple of different hordes over time, depending on who's in charge of the horde. So we got like everybody's in the military, everybody's going to war, anyone who's not in the military is functionally owned or treated like property, and anybody who breaks the rules dies instantly. That feels like it's relatively consistent here from what I've seen. What's the end game you want? Well, it's for everyone to be able to have the opportunity to fulfill their potential whilst not harming anyone else. Okay, what do you want that potential to be? I think that's for each individual to decide. So you'd like chaos. You would like everyone to be their own individual warlord doing whatever they want. N- no, as I said, without harming anyone else. Yes, warlord I understand. But... would suggest that there is war. War is... Yeah, I, I don't Harmful. know if you've seen the planet right now, but it's quite bad uh, everywhere. Uh, and and the people who made it quite bad are this country known as a car. So if, if they all go, even if they all just go home, 
and then lay down their weapons, what happens is the rest of the world goes on what is often referred to as a righteous crusade uh, and then stomps the nation into the dust, which they may very well deserve. I'm not arguing that they don't, but I'm just saying asking them to dismantle their military when everyone wants to kill them seems counterintuitive. They won't be doing violence, but they would be a part of violence very immediately, and I don't know if they'd follow that order. Hmm. Is See, it everyone like you wanna... who's conscripted in, do they all want to fight? Oh, no. Of course not. That would be terrible. Nobody really wants to do this. You... So really, really that's what like we asking... need to do is kill the leaders. Yep, that's very popular when you're changing the horde. That's a big win. That's a big win. People do that a lot. But it's See, really, so he... it's not pun, it's really to liberate the masses. That is often said, quite often, by people who then take over the horde. Juniper, something else that occurs to you on this is Reginald is making, unfortunately, a degree of sense in terms of vengeance being a, a concern. Oh, yeah. And though you have, the Dumdums have a lot of connections throughout Faerun. Um, Akal went to war with the Planteers, and the Planteers are just fine right now. They have their god. He's a little bummed. You know, he's in his post-divorce phase. But, like, there's a full nation of angry wizards who would just really, really love love to stomp some vengeance into uh, Akal and presumably most of Faerun. So, as Reginald right. continues to explain sort of the state and nature of, of Akal, and Ryan, I'll let you finish your thought in a sec, um, it occurs to you, Juniper, that yes, the situation in Akal must be dealt with, but then for the Akal that Butthole envisions to exist also going to need to deal with the planteers which was kind of on the list but i think it just got bumped up a few spots uh reginald finish out your your point there yeah so the challenge that you're going to be dealing with if you're trying to like take over and change this place is uh the brutality and the warfare has been institutionalized into the culture so religion adds up to war everything adds up to the military that's its purpose and the people in charge have all basically murdered or betrayed their way to the top because that's how the system works so trying to free everyone uh either you're doing it by force and you're going to cause a civil war uh or you don't do it at all and you just kind of accept things as they are which is also not popular so i think the way you have to look at it is to fix this problem in any realistic sense is going to take a longer time because you need to take power and then you need to eliminate the people who are going to try to sabotage you and probably the worst psychopaths because they're always a problem. Uh, And then you need to stay in control long enough to start to actually shift the institution. Right. It's not pleasant. Uh, It's going to involve like purging people at the top. And here's the deal. You're going to fuck up a whole bunch of times and make things worse before they get better. But if you don't do it, they just stay bad, and then the horde collapses. And I've been in fascist hordes, and I've been in socialist hordes, and I've been in communist hordes, and I mean, I, but I, we did a democratic horde once, and that lasted about four hours. Uh, like, the corporate horde was super weird, but, like, we, we there, did them is all. Is there a specific type of horde that uh, people, you know, maybe whisper about when, you know, the, the leaders and war masters aren't anywhere around? Oh, so you're talking like an aspirational horde? Yeah. yeah so it's uh, basically the best the horde ever seems to be in a theoretical world 
uh, is a benevolent dictatorship tempered by assassination. That seems to be the best setup we we could have, but it requires a benevolent leader who stays benevolent after they're in power and who doesn't get assassinated right away by less benevolent leaders. Well, we can we can do that's we can do that. We have a benevolent leader <laughs> set up to take the throne who's a god. He won't get assassinated. Great. Do you, do you trust him to be able to tell? Uh, of all the new people coming in, whether or not those people are going to be nice and follow the rules and remain honorably sworn to their oaths? No, but that's what the rest of us are for. Agreed. I'm just saying he's got this weird obsession with, like, redemption. And a lot of these people are going to show up and be like, I'm a good guy now. I bought a farm or something. And, like, I, I have a petting zoo. And he's going to be like, I love your zoo. And then he's going to get murdered. Well, that's we'll do how background this checks out. on everyone. Well, you think there's going to be a legitimate background? They control everything. Hmm. You got to get more paranoid. Well, what if we we set up something, something to draw in all of the assassins and then just try to kill them all at once? I mean, I've heard worse ideas, but like, that's not a good one. I know it's not. I know. See, I think the thing you need to do is identify who the big bad people are and figure out what you're going to put them on trial for and then make a big show of it so you can show that justice is a new thing. Like, when you look back at the big tribunals for these, where they do, like, war crime tribunals or whatever, we didn't do those, but the Alliance did those. And people seem to like them a lot more than they liked us. Yes. Okay. So we need Butthole to take power, make it clear to everyone that this is benevolent, and that anyone anyone who tries to enact the old ways... They, yeah, Anyone who tries to do another horde, they're going to be taken out, dealt with swiftly. Yes. You realize, we have to spread you, the word. You realize you, you just, how evil that sounds, like from the outside? Wait, what? You're going to force him into power and spread imminent threats about anybody who doesn't follow exactly what he says without being eliminated no, no, in a no, whisper no. campaign? You, you just That's... said everyone wanted a, like a benevolent dictator. Yes, but they have different definitions of that. Also, everyone says they're a benevolent dictator. Somewhere, there's some asshole who just won't die that people keep telling me about. It's somebody's stepdad who's okay. like, this is great for everybody. And then he's fucking shanking people and blowing up underground robot buildings. I don't understand the stories. But there was a giant octopus with a laser in its face, and that was bad. Okay, then I think we need to... Spread a revolution through grassroots. Yes. Get the people behind you. There you yes. go. That that I agree with. If you can get all the lower ranks to help you kill the upper ranks, then they're going to be so hungry for their own promotions, they'll be loyal for a short period of time. Enough of a period of time for us to demonstrate that we do want the best for everyone. Yeah, and if any of them are too charismatic, we have Quinny murder them. What? And this debate carries on for another <laughs> span of time as Juniper <laughs> has to continually contend with Reginald's just kill them solutions. Um, but uh, slowly but surely, Juniper, um, an understanding begins to form in your head about uh, just how much uh, more complex this situation yeah. is. Um, I think upon further reflection away from Reginald, you're able to start parsing what he's recommending against your own experience of running a town um, and yeah. of the kind of justice that existed in Old West Faerun. 
Um, and slowly but surely, you start to to formulate plans. Uh, but knowing that uh, no matter what, simply replacing uh, Emily with Butthole will not be enough. And for Aka, a nation built on war to exist in peace uh, will be a complex and somewhat messy process. Uh, but one you're confident you can start to build with the same kind of can-do attitude that the people of Tomb Slab uh, pulled together against the the harshness of the desert and an uncertain future. Uh, makes you miss them all the more, but also gives you a glimmer of hope uh, for the possible world you could help to build uh, for these new folks screaming out into the void for a better way of life. This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at El Hamstring on Twitter, and our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at DelBorovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser, and our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dum Dums and Dragons. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Spot Alan, Flynn 1138, Alorain Okapi, OMG, it's Big Nick. D&D and Things, Norma Byers. Schrodinger's Pepper. Guy Edwards. Flea Unit. Madre de Gatos. And Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. It happened in the quiet town of Podunk, an ages-old family mystery. What happened with great-grandpa? Why won't you talk about it? Because there's nothing to say, Ninten. Begets an unprecedented paranormal event. Help, brother! <laughs> Poltergeists. My lamp attacked me. It was hovering the air. It unplugged itself and came at me. Mind control. Why is that crow smoking a cigarette? Okay, we're playing inside today. Zombie. I could have gotten out of here on my own. You were hiding in a coffin. It was a good disguise. Extraterrestrials. You've seen them too? I've been observing them for days. <laughs> I beat up aliens with my baseball bat. Children with psychokinetic powers. I let that little light of mine shine, Mama. And it melted the darkness away. And that's just the beginning. 
Introducing Mother, She Wrote, a travelogue diary through the biggest cult phenomena in video game history, the Mother series, as it's called in Japan, and Earthbound, as it's called everywhere else. Each episode, we recount the story through immersive audio drama as it's lived by the characters, unpacking the surreal adventures, tear-jerking moments, and what it all means. If you're new to the series, we'll take you beyond the controller and into the story. And if you're a longtime fan, relive these tales like never before and learn fascinating new facts about your favorite games. Find Mother She Wrote on your favorite podcast player and at MotherSheWrote.Earth.